0: What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Preach Chiz podcast. It's such a blessing to be able to see you and get into being more active on this particular uh, podcast, this particular channel and avenue. Again, it's great to see you as best I can on all the different mediums, areas, all the um, platforms that this will be going out on. So hopefully you find it and are encouraged by it. The Preachers' Podcast. Our theme, our thing, what we're going for here is innovating conversations that connect to Christ. Let's talk about it. Let's get in on it. Sometimes that's looking directly into what does the Scripture say. Sometimes that's looking at key issues that are active and what we would say viral in our culture today, and seeing what does the Word of God have to say about that, or uh, just you know, just honest, real talk, just sharing some things. The podcast is not just limited to just those things. There might be some other funny, might be some funny things that come up, but um, tonight in particular, we are focusing on something that is very near and dear to my heart. As a pastor, a lot of people tend to ask me, uh, what's a good way, My people call me Pastor Jay, what's a good way, Pastor Jay, to study the word of God? What is a good way to get in on you know, learning the word, getting better at it. How do I make that happen? And I think one of the ways in which I used to instruct people to do uh, here a couple, maybe about a year or so ago, I started to change that. And I had a whole new way to look at it. I said, why not start with the book of Proverbs? If you don't know, the book of Proverbs has 31 chapters in it. If you have a month like July that has 31 days in it, right? If you read a proverb every day, each day of that month, by the end of the month, by January 31, you would have read the entire book of Proverbs. Not only that, but Proverbs is a book that is full of wisdom for life, for godliness, on how to live, how to rule, how to reign in life as Christ has determined for us to do. So you end the month not only with superior Bible knowledge, but also equipped with the wisdom, supernatural wisdom of God to apply to every area of your life. And so I thought, what would be a good way to help people as they are learning, as they are growing, how to get that conversation to connect with Christ? What if every day in the month of July, we looked at one of those chapters and just saw what does, what is the Lord speaking? And so right now for this month, I am looking at the Passion Translation, one of my favorite versions of the Bible, one of my favorite versions um, to study from. I wish they had it translated the whole bible translated but they've only got psalms proverbs uh some versions have isaiah and then all of the new testament but proverbs is included in that so unless the lord says otherwise every day in this month we're going to be looking at a proverb and looking at it in the passion translation and so hopefully you enjoy the ride and get something out of it i know god has something for you so let's not without any further ado let's jump right in let's look and see what's happening I uh, hope you enjoy all the branding. A lot of time, talent, and attention went into that. As you see there, hit that subscribe button. So make sure if you're on YouTube, hit the subscribe button. If you're watching on Facebook, make sure you like the Preach Chiz Facebook page. Um, you can also friend me on your on my personal page, but really trying to build up that, that podcast channel there. And if you give me about a day or so, this uh, dialogue, this video, this audio will be uploaded to all the other major platforms like SoundCloud, Apple Podcasts, and uh, Spotify. So let's get into it, okay? <clears throat> Let's see. All right. Proverbs chapter one. And this is all we're doing. We're just reading the Proverbs, seeing what God says to us and getting you some encouragement as we go throughout the day. Proverbs chapter one. This is in the Passion Translation. It reads as follows. Here are kingdom revelations, words to live by. And words of wisdom given to empower you to regain, excuse me, Lord, to reign in life, written as Proverbs by Israel's King Solomon, David's son. Within these sayings will be found the revelation of wisdom and the impartation of spiritual understanding use them as keys to unlock the treasures of true knowledge. And I just want to stop right there. A lot of people think a proverb is just, you know, just this old colloquial wisdom, just something that you need to kind of have, keep in the back of your mind, you know, ponder in your head. But when you really study out what the word proverb means, It means to rule. It means to reign, to be in charge of, to administrate. So in the book of Proverbs, each verse is a key. This uh, scripture just gave us the insight is a key to ruling. It's a key to reigning. It's a key to not just be in life struggling, coming away from the victim mentality and possessing the victor's mentality. You get these proverbial keys. You can unlock victory in your life. So let's see what it says. Those who cling to these words will receive discipline to demonstrate wisdom in every relationship and to choose what is right and just and fair. God help us to have that discipline, help us to maintain. All right. These proverbs will give you great skill to teach the immature and make them wise, to give youth the understanding of their design and destiny. I think so many people today are confused about their design and their destiny, and this gender this, and that gender that, and I don't know this, and I'm changing, and all this kind of The Bible says if you get this wisdom unlocked in you, you get these Proverbs lined up, If you master them as a person, you can instruct other people and make them better. And that's not that hard to understand. It's kind of like on the job training. You got on that job. They trained you how to do it. You do it well. In a few years, they'll let you train somebody else. God says, I want you to get it. If you get it, then you can help somebody else along the way. Uh, For the wise, verse five, these proverbs will make you even wiser. And for those with discernment, you will be able to acquire brilliant strategies for leadership brilliant strategies for leadership. There are a lot of people I know who are in the stages of starting a business and going off with these new initiatives and brand new ideas. The Bible says, get wisdom, Get unlock those Proverbs, get all that this book, these 31 chapters, get what it has to offer. And if you consider yourself to be a wise person, when you finish, you will be wiser. And if you are someone who thinks they have discernment or operates good and knowing what's right and what's wrong, it says you will be able to get brilliant strategies for leadership. These kingdom revelations will break open your understanding to unveil the deeper meaning of parables and uh, poetic me, parables, poetic riddles and epigrams to trying to see them where it's kind of hidden from me. Hold on. There we go. To unravel the words and enigmas of the wise. So sometimes you're looking and you hear something even down to some things we hear from the pulpit. We hear that our pastors preach to us, hear these men and women of God preaching. And we're like, I don't know what that means. I don't get it. Well, studying the word of God, getting the wisdom that the Proverbs have to offer. These things that are were hidden to you in the past will start coming real to you. All right verse 7 we cross the threshold of true knowledge when we live in obedient devotion to god proverbs 1 7 the king james says the fear of the lord is the beginning of knowledge it's how everything starts i'm telling you this is the key if you can start with honoring and being devoted to god everything else is going to fall into place If you start your marriage in obedient devotion to God, it's not going to end in divorce. If you start your business in obedient devotion to God, it's not going to end in failure. If you start going back to school, help us, Jesus, with obedient devotion to God, then you're not going to flunk out. You're going to find your way being made prosperous and successful because you decided, I'm starting, my starting point is to obey and give devotion to God. Let's look at what it says. Stubborn know-it-alls will never stop to do this. Mm. Stubborn folk, people who feel like they know it all, they never stop and say, I need the Lord. They never stop and say, "Uh, Lord, what would you have me to do? They just think they got it. You ever know anybody like that? Hopefully, it's not you. They just go, they just go boom right into it. And the Bible says these people scorn true wisdom and knowledge. Don't find yourself scorning wisdom and knowledge just because you got a couple years under your belt. Just because you are experienced in some things, don't ever think you can begin a thing. Just with that knowledge, no, you got to begin it with the Lord. Um, Pay close attention, my child, to your father's wise words and never forget your mother's instruction. Why? For their insight will bring you success, adorning you with grace-filled thoughts and giving you reins to guide your decisions keep what your mother, keep what your father tells you. This is not only for biological moms and dads and stepfathers and things like that and grandfathers and grandmothers. This is for those spiritual fathers, those spiritual mothers, those pillars in our local church that come alongside and impart wisdom to you from the pastors to the elders, to the youth leaders, the people who find you and say, hey, I want to pour into you. Keep what they pour into you because if you keep it, it going to bring you success and going to adorn you with some grace-filled thoughts. Now, this this is where it gets good to me, guys. Look at verse 10. When peer pressure compels you, I hope some young people catch this. When peer pressure compels you to go with the crowd and sinners invite you to join in, here's a revelation, you must simply say no. Y'all remember back in the '90s, say no to drugs. <laughs> like just, just, just say don't, don't even, don't even, don't think about it. Don't weigh the options. It, oh, that's in. No, thank you. Just say no. Just say no. When that pressure starts to come to pull you out of, because remember now, verse seven, you started with obedient devotion. I ah, get that. I started with I'm going to give my best to God, and now here's this peer pressure. Just because you committed to obey God doesn't mean that there won't be peer pressure to disobey him. No, the Bible says the pressure is coming. When it comes, know how to respond, tell it no. When the gang says we're going to steal and get away with it, we'll take down the rich and rob them. We'll swallow them up alive and take what we want from whomever we want. Then we'll take their treasures and fill our homes with loot. So come on and join us. Take your chance with us. We'll divide up all we get. See, they make it sound like it's a really sweet deal. We'll end up with a bag, big bags of cash. So they sound, that's how the enemy does. The devil, let's talk about the devil for a second. The devil is not, you know, this red figure with a pitchfork and forked tongue and pointy tail like that, he's never, even if he did, I just, I don't know, even if he did look like that, he's never going to come out and say, ta-da, I'm the devil who wants to go to hell today. Like, follow me. It'll never be like that. It's always going to be dressed in a way that is appealing to you. One of the things about spiritual wisdom and understanding, you got to get wise and know that the enemy knows what you like. You got to be a master of you to know that if it's coming dressed in what you like, that doesn't mean that it's always sent from the devil because it could be God giving you the desires of your heart. But that's what the Bible says. You got to try the spirit by the spirit just, because, just for the simple fact that it looks like what I want. Let me examine that a little further. Let me, let me double click on it to make sure, did this really come from God? Because the enemy knows how to draw and pull us in in such a way that we'll find ourselves making some bad decisions. So they set it up really nice. We're going to steal from these people, going to rob them. Going to take all the money back to the spot. And if you help us out, we'll divide it amongst you evenly. I think it's interesting that verse 14 talks about a payout for sin. And the Bible says in Romans, the wages of sin. What sin pays you for practicing it is death. Now, you might not drop dead the instant you commit a sin, you know, prayerfully, you don't. But in the event and in the event that you live past the sin that you committed, something somewhere connected to you or internal to you did experience a death, did experience a dying. No, your heart might have kept beating, but the lifeblood of your business, it began to die. No, you didn't drop dead the minute you committed the act of adultery. No, you didn't. You still live, you made it back home or whatever, but the life of your marriage began to die. An area of trust and companionship began to die. So I thought that was interesting there to connect those dots. That the first chapter of Proverbs talks about avoiding sin and they dress it up in you're gonna get this really big payout. Well, the real payout for sin, don't be fooled, is death. So stay away from it. That's what he tells them in verse 15. I'm back in the text. My son refused to go with them and stay far away from them. For crime is their way of life and bloodshed is their specialty. To be aware of their snare is the best way of escape. Ooh, that's good. I'm gonna read it again. I'm gonna let you catch it. To be aware of their snare is the best way of escape. Are you aware of the snare? Do you know and identify the traps that the enemy sets? The apostle Paul said in the new Testament, I have you not ignorant of the devil's devices. Don't be out here not knowing this is how he operates. He sows lies. He sows deceit. He makes it seem like this is the right way to go. Adam and Eve in the garden, you know, well, if we eat this fruit, then, you know, we'll surely die. You ain't going to die. If you ain't dying, if you eat this fruit, you're going to be like God. Don't you want to be like God? Hit. Newsflash, she was created in the image of God. She couldn't become more like God than what she already was, but she fell to the deception. She wasn't aware of the snare. Don't find yourself paying the penalty of sin, getting paid the penalty of sin which is death because you're not aware of the snare. If you know it, you can avoid it. Verse 18, they'll resort to murder to steal their victim's assets, but eventually It will be their own lives that are ambushed in their ungodly disrespect for God. They bring destruction on their own lives. Now, this is a little sobering, so don't get lost on it. But verse 19 is powerful. Don't be mindful of your associations with people who just blatantly disrespect God. There are certain TV shows I don't watch because they blatantly disrespect God. There there are certain people I can disconnected myself from. I stopped hanging with them because they continually disrespected God. And they were not necessarily bad people, bad attitude having people. But when it came to God and the things of God, they never had anything redeemable to say. They never had anything good to say. It was always blah, 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 blah. Be mindful of that because at the end of the day, all you're bringing is destruction on your life. You might think you just doing you. I ain't doing you their ungodly disrespect brings destruction. The Bible says in verse 20, wisdom's praises are sung in the streets and celebrated far and wide. I don't care who y'all, I don't care who y'all, whether you believe in Jesus Christ or not. If you are out here operating in wisdom, in wisdom, even if you don't know that that wisdom comes from God, if you're operating in a godly wisdom, people sing your praises. I mean, you can see it on Wall Street every day. Like, oh man, that was a good investment. That was wise. You were wise to do that. that mm, really good business. You're going to be celebrated. I think sometimes people want to be celebrated for how they look, how they sound, how they make other people feel. These are not bad things. But if you really want people to notice you, the Bible says, be wise. Wisdom, everybody sings about wisdom because wisdom is the principal thing. Now look at this, verse twenty-one. Everybody will praise, everybody will sing about wisdom, but wisdom's song is not always heard in the halls of higher learning. But in the hustle and bustle of everyday life, its lyrics can always be heard above the din of the crowd. You will hear wisdom's warning as she preaches courageously to those who stop to listen. So a little bit of um, a little bit layered there. Wisdom song is not always heard in the halls of higher learning. That's interesting. Sometimes we connect intelligence with wisdom. You can be smart and stupid at the same time. Ask me how I know. I graduated from one of the top five liberal art schools in, in the country. And I lived in halls, I took classes with people, I was in the same major with people who could do phenomenal things with their brain. But when it came to the matters of their heart, of their soul, of their spirit, they knew absolutely nothing. They applied nothing because they didn't have wisdom. The Bible says everybody sings the praises of wisdom, wisdom's praises are sung. Everybody's so grateful and glad that somebody wise is in the building. And yet oftentimes, There's not a lot of wise people when it comes into higher education. So just be mindful of that. Don't be, you know, you see degrees and stuff on the wall. Don't automatically assume, oh, this person must know the way of life. Can I hit you hard on this one? Including preachers. Just because you got a degree from seminary and got DDS behind your name or D-Men behind your name, there are THD, doctor of theology, doctor of divinity, doctor of ministry, just because you're up at the higher ranks of academia in theology don't mean you really know theology. Who's the God that we are studying? God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. So just don't be fooled by that. Don't just automatically assume smart people know the way. Uh, I'll give you a key example about this. In my own personal life, my grandfather bishop davis bishop willie davis jr Uh, i'm local to charlotte if you didn't know he um never got past a third grade education but god used him and endowed him with a wisdom in order to successfully pastor the church i am in now for 43 years 43 years in that same time period of pastoring our church started other churches oversaw an entire organization of multiple other churches that was very successful in the heyday of its time and people still to this day he has since retired from pastoring ergo hello me pastor jay he has retired from pastoring but the number of calls he'll still get the number of people that still seek him out not because their degrees on the wall but because there is wisdom in the heart. And if you listen closely, what the verse is saying, you can hear the hum of wisdom in every day. If you just pay attention, somebody had to wake up early in order to make whatever it is you're enjoying. That's wisdom. You'll hear it and you'll appreciate it. And like a street preacher, wisdom is always preaching to anybody who will listen. Verse 22, foolish ones. How much longer will you cling to your deception? How much longer will you mock wisdom? You cynical scorners who fight the facts, who fight the facts. Come back to your senses and be restored to reality. Wisdom is always trying to sober you up. Don't even think about refusing my rebuke. Don't you know that I am ready to pour out my spirit of wisdom upon you and bring to you the revelation of my words that will make your heart wise. All you got to do is come. You got All you got to do is approach it, approach God with the heart to learn. Uh, I think one of the most powerful stories in the Bible is from the writer of this particular Proverbs of his life, rather. God approached Solomon and said, Solomon, I loved your father. He was a man after my own heart. You are a king today because of my promise to him because of your father, what do you want? I'm giving you a blank check. God pulled up and gave Solomon a blank check. And Solomon didn't say he wanted cars, clothes, or money. Solomon said, God, give me wisdom that I may lead your people properly. I'm paraphrasing. Give me wisdom that I can please you and do what you have called me to do when it comes to your kingdom people. And the Bible says God was impressed with his answer. You can impress God sometimes. He was impressed with the answer and said, okay, I'm going to give you the wisdom you asked for. But on top of that, I'm also going to add riches and honor and favor and glory. And people will know you throughout all generations. And that is true to this day. People still know the wonders of the life of King Solomon, saved and unsaved. Um, But he started with coming to God and saying, I need wisdom. And the Bible says when you come to wisdom, she, it's a reference as as a she, but we know the spirit of wisdom is the spirit of God, which is is normally male dominant. So the spirit of God, the spirit of wisdom will come upon you and bring you revelation of the words that will make your heart wise. We need more wisdom today. Verse 24. I have called to you over and over. Still, you refuse to come to me. I've pleaded with you again and again, yet you've turned a deaf ear to my voice. How many times is wisdom going to call us and we not pay attention to what she is saying? How many times? How many times? We got to listen carefully when wisdom is calling us. Verse 25, because you have laughed at my counsel and have insisted on continuing in your stubbornness, I will laugh when your calamity comes and I will turn away from you at the time of your disaster make a joke of my advice will you then i'll make a joke out of you when the storm clouds of terror gather over your head when dread and distress consume you listen to what happens now all this is coming upon you because you have ignored godly advice you've ignored godly wisdom i think it's so easy for us to get caught up in what we feel you gotta really watch that i, I don't well i don't feel like it should be like that can I, can i be real with you anybody ask you how you felt nobody asks you what you thought was the right way to go. What does God say is right? And if people sent by God are telling you, this is what God says, you have the B-I-B-L-E to tell you, you can read it for yourself. This is what God says. And instead of saying, okay, Lord, amen, help me. I don't, I don't really, it's hard for me to reconcile, but if this is what you say, then this is what I'll do. Okay. Rather than doing that, we'll tell, we'll look at that and be like, yeah, I I still don't know about that. What's there not to know? It's there in the book in black and white or in red and white. It's been preached time and time again. It's been told to you. You're still debating with something that has been proven to be true, the word of God. So if you're making a joke out of wisdom, what happens to you? Your life becomes a joke. Things start falling apart. And the thing is, when you start crying for help, wisdom is basically saying, Saying in chapter one, I gave you a chance. I told you to come find me. I told you what you ought to do. You thought I wasn't talking about nothing. Listen, what happens now? You rejected wisdom, so storm clouds of terror gather over your head. When dread and distress consume you, and your excuse me, and your catastrophe comes like a hurricane. You will cry out to me, but I won't answer. Then it will be too late to expect my help. When desperation drives you to search for me, I will be nowhere to be found because you have turned up your nose at me and closed your eyes to the facts and refused to worship me in awe. Because you scoffed at my wise counsel and laughed at my correction. Now you will eat the bitter fruit of your own ways. You've made your own bed. Now lie in it. Man, that's harsh. So how do you like that? Like an Idiot, you've turned away from me and chosen destruction instead. Your self-satisfied smugness will kill you. And I think, uh, but the one, and look at verse 33, because you can think that's, oh my God, like that's so, oh Lord, that's like doom and gloom. Verse 33, but the one who always listens to me, mm, the one who always listens will live undisturbed in heavenly peace, free from fear, confident, and courageous, that one will rest unafraid and sheltered from the storms of life. I think the whole opening to Proverbs chapter one is to tell you how serious everything else in the remaining Proverbs is going to be. The whole setup of chapter one is to let you know, hey, everything that you read after this, pay attention to it, keep it, don't fight it, don't argue it, Find it in yourself to be submitted and receive it, receive it and allow God to lead you. Because if you listen to wisdom, okay, you will live undisturbed in heavenly peace. That that word peace is shalom, nothing missing, nothing broken. I think if we're going to be real today, we can afford to have some, uh, to afford to live a life where nothing is missing and nothing is broken. You live free from fear. You live confident and you live courageous. that person who the person who listens to wisdom, rests unafraid and sheltered from the storms of life. All that horrible stuff we read, those four or five verses there, six, seven verses there, horrible things happen to the people who ignore wisdom. Mm. so what should our conviction be as we leave chapter one? Let's be people who apply our hearts to wisdom. Let's be people who say. I want to have the wisdom of God. Let's be people. That's 33. There's only three verses in that one. So that's all for Proverbs chapter one. Let's be the people who say, I want God's wisdom. I want him to tell me, direct me, lead me, guide me in the way that I should go. Uh, The Bible talks about Jesus as being the good shepherd. The sheep know his voice and the voice of the stranger. They do not follow. Proverbs 1 is kind of echoing that sentiment. Listen to the shepherd when he talks. It doesn't matter what it is. And I've been on the other end of that situation where God may very well tell me something and I don't, don't stone me now. I may hear it and I might not agree with it. I might try to challenge it. I might try to say no and God helped me in my dumber days I tried to live opposite of what he said. Boy, that was stupid. Was that not stupid? And exactly like it said, calamity befell, catastrophe struck. And it's like you're looking around for help. Now, I do want to clarify, if you fall into trouble, if you fall into trouble, and shout out to God, God will save you. You know that, you see that in the story of Peter walking on the water. He took his eyes off Jesus, he began to sing and he called out, Lord, save me. And the mercy of Jesus approached him, picked him up and together they walked back to the boat. Jesus didn't leave him, Jesus didn't forsake him, they walked back together. Jesus will walk you back to your proper place in God if you call out for him. What the text in Proverbs 1 is saying is when the calamity strikes and you're looking for somebody to help, you can't, you know, it's almost like, I told you so. That's basically what she's saying. That's basically what wisdom is saying. I told you so. I told you this was going to happen. You didn't want to listen to me and now look at you. All right. So I want you to be encouraged. Don't be the people who ignore wisdom. Don't be the people that just shut your ears off to it and say, no, it can't, I don't need that. I'm gonna do my own thing because calamity is gonna find you. Catastrophe is going to strike. Clouds of terror, I believe the verse said, are gonna start coming over you. And you don't want that, you don't want that. You wanna be the person that hears the wisdom of God, keeps the instruction, beginning your life, devoted, obediently, obediently devoted to him and be like Solomon, Lord, I'm starting with your wisdom. All right. I'm starting with your wisdom. I want to keep your wisdom. I want to go on the way that you show me. And the great thing about God, the Bible says in Jeremiah 33, three, call unto me and I will answer you and show you great and mighty things that you do not know. If you call out to God, if you call out to the spirit of wisdom, which is the Lord Jesus Christ, the Holy Spirit, if you call out to him, he will tell you exactly what you need to know. One of my all time favorite verses of scripture, and I got to wrap up with this, is James 1.5. If any man lacks wisdom. I, 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 I've been there. I don't know what to do. You ever had that moment? I don't know what to do. I, I've never been here before. You know, every parent before they have their first kid has never been a parent before. I don't know what to do every husband and wife usually before they get married especially younger people have never been married before sometimes you might you know have a thing with a thing but but for the most part when people enter intimate they've never done it before so you find yourself in a lot of time to- in a lot of life situations not knowing what to do if you're a student you've never Hopefully, unless you failed a grade, you've never been in seventh grade before, leaving six and going to seven. You've never been in college before, leaving high school and going to college. So you'll find yourself in frequent positions of saying, I don't know what to do. You get promoted on your job to be a manager. You've never been a manager before. If you have been, you've never been a manager at this company before. So you don't know what to do. If you don't know what to do, the Bible says, James 1, 5, Ask God for wisdom. And there's a promise. He will give you the wisdom that you need. And I'm paraphrasing it, but it basically means he's going to add wisdom to you. I think of like a picture. Uh, I think of like a picture of red Kool-Aid and you having that cup and you're saying, I want wisdom. He takes that picture and he just keeps pouring that red juice getting all over the place. But He don't care. He's just pouring. You ask me for wisdom. God says, I'm going to give it to you. And I'm not going to measure how much I give. I'm going to make sure you have more than enough. And if Proverbs 133, you listen to what it says, you listen to what God leads, where he leads, how he directs, then your life will be filled with a heavenly peace. You will be confident. You will be fearless. You will live courageous. And isn't that something that we all truly want? Look, I hope you enjoyed the broadcast tonight. Um, Again, doing more and more as the Lord leads us, getting into some things. I didn't get to see any... um, I didn't get to see any of the major uh, comments in tonight. If you were commenting, I didn't quite get to see any tonight, but that's cool because I'll look forward to find a way to be able to do it next time. Hopefully you can chime in and get some things in for me um, to look at as we continue to go forward on these uh, platforms. So, again, I hope you were blessed today. Preach Chiz podcast, YouTube on, uh, on YouTube. It's the Preach Chiz YouTube channel. Um, on Facebook, the Preachers Facebook page, and then on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and SoundCloud. It's like trying to keep up with all these apps in my head. Um, Preachers Podcast, it will be there, and this broadcast will be up there shortly. Hope you enjoyed it tonight. I love y'all. I am praying for you. God is with you. Apply your heart to wisdom and instruction. Proverbs chapter one. Start with wisdom. Keep with wisdom. Don't ignore it when it comes. Follow it. And you live in peace. You live bold. You live courageous. You live fearless because that's what God intends. I love y'all. Be blessed.